Who are you wearing? I'm wearing Blackula. I hope I'm not accused of giving spoilers from a movie that came out just about a hundred years ago. <laughs> I have to admit that I kind of have a crush on him. What? I know. Back inside our home, away from home, the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, and we are from MadWolf.com. And first of all, I know this is audio, but we got to talk about your the fashion choices this evening. Uh, Hope has busted out a brand new frock. Tell us about it. It's a Blackula dress. I should have said who. I say who are you wearing? I'm wearing Blackula. Nice. And as you can tell. From the print, his bite is out of sight. <laughs> I'm uh, so unreasonably happy about this dress. As uh, <laughs> Melissa Dina said when we came into happy hour, you're the red bubble queen. I am. I am the red <laughs> bubble queen. Of course, I'm sporting my now I have a machine gun ho, ho, ho t-shirt. Very festive. That's very festive. And you know what? In the in the audience, I think the choice tonight is the, the thing. The thing. We missed the memo. Yeah. We've got a t-shirt. We've got a jacket. That's a nice jacket, sir. Two t-shirts. Sir. By the All way, two the t-shirts. Cool kids are wearing Yeah, the thing. so uh, appreciate those fashion choices. And welcome. Glad you're here as we do it live, as we do once a month, our Fright Club Live at the Gateway. And um, we're going to talk about tonight... From the mind of a madman. That's right. right. I keep wanting to say Diary of a Madman. That's right. Which Ozzie. maybe, maybe that would be the song that we played if we were allowed to play songs. It would be, but we're not. So sing it to yourself before the lawyers uh, get on us. But um, <laughs> before we get into uh, tonight's subject, we want to say we got some interesting feedback from last time, the menstruation podcast. Because you know, as you know, I'm the guy comfortable <laughs> talking about menstruation, as we found out <laughs> in last uh, last time at the podcast. But no, that was we got some nice feedback from that. We did. It was more or less a dare. Because I told him as we were, we were recording, I'm like, this is going to be the one 50% of the audience refuses to listen to. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Phantom Dark Dave, he was up to the challenge. He was like, bah. and also, like Tom, he knew exactly right away what number one and two, number two were going to be. <laughs> um, uh, and our buddy Jenny from Cali, she she was all on board. She had some very funny things to say. And then it's funny. So for the first time, Ken from Chicago commented because of the Kids in the Hall comment. Yeah. I thought that that was, that was pretty awesome. You know, the Kids in the Hall fan, fans, it's, it's been off the air now for a little while, but the, the people that used to watch Kids in the Hall. I know, watched it religiously. Oh, all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah I love that That was show. perfect. So thank you, uh, Ken from Chicago. Welcome. And also we want to say thanks to Dan who had some, he chimed in, just really nice things to say about yeah. the whole Fright Club experience. He did. And he promised that someday he's going to come to a Fright Club. And to make his planning easier and well, yours. Do we know where, where is he? I don't know. Where is, okay, we don't know where he is no, geographically because we'll know. track him down. <laughs> <laughs> We're not above that. So, but you want to let him know to, for his, his planning purposes and everybody's, we've got the entire 2019 schedule. That's right. If you want to hear. So let's bust it out real quick. All right, January the 9th, Time Crimes. We're huh? going to talk about uh, sci fi horror crossovers. February 13th, The Love Witch. Just in time for date, Valentine's that's right. Day. The, a Looking for Love podcast. March 13th, strap yourself in, ladies and gentlemen. It's Baskin. Ooh. And we're going to do that, one about you know the what? police. I, I'm, Baskin, would that be worthy of a merit badge? Because that gets nasty. I don't know. Let me think on it. We'll I think on that. We'll, we'll think, think on that. that. April 10th, we're going to do... So we did Peeping Tom last year. Big, a big throwback, and that went over really well. So we're going to do another classic. We're going to do Daughters of Darkness. 
which is a glorious movie, and our topic is going to be lesbians in horror movies. So, lesbianist, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> then on May 8th, The Lure with Sea Beasts, that's going to be the topic. On June the 12th, The Poughkeepsie Tapes, which we know has never screened in theaters in Ohio. So this will be that'll be the first time that anybody in Ohio could have gotten a chance to see it. And on it's, a big screen, it's including really us. interesting. It is. Really interesting movie. I mean, disturbing, but when you hear the whole history of it and everything, which we'll talk about, it's really interesting. And the topic is going to be captives. And then July 10th, God help us, we are the flesh. And our topic is going to be body fluids. So if you're not familiar with We Are the Flesh, you're a little more familiar with it now. Yeah, because that movie has them. It does. August 14th, Hounds of Love. That's such a great movie. It is. Wow. Missing, missing persons for that one. September 11th, The Last Circus. It's glorious. You have to come to that one. It's absolutely stunning. And we're going to talk about amusements. Uh, October the 9th, Train to Busan. Nice. Topic, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, November 13th, Them. And we're going to do Traveling Abroad. And then December 11th, we're going to get away from our regular, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie before, which is the theme of generally the Fright Club. And we're going to do a present for George for, for Christmas. So September 11th, we're going to show American Psycho. That'll we're, be fun. We're going to talk about the best American horror films. All right. So you've got it planned out. And that is, that's going to be great. So yeah, make, uh, make time. Circle them on the calendar if you can. We'd love to see you out for as many of those Fright Clubs as you can in that's 2019. Right. All right. So. We've got a movie to watch coming up here soon, so we've got to get at it. We've got the top five from the mind of a madman, our favorites, right? So we'll start uh, at number five, and it's uh, from 2015, an aspiring Romanian filmmaker obsessed with Hollywood actress Anne Hathaway goes to shocking extremes to convince Anne to star in his upcoming film. This is called Be My Cat. Hello, Anne. Um, my name is Adrian. I'm from Romania and uh, I want to make a movie with you. This is a film I'm making right now to convince you to come here and make that movie with me. I even convinced uh, three Romanian actresses to play in this film to show you how I'm gonna work with you. I will change the world with you, Anne. Don't make me cut you. You have 20 seconds to give me one last word and then I will close the camera. This is a movie that we just saw this year going through uh, some of the films for Nightmares Film Festival. Yeah. And it's one where, well, you've told the story before about you thought we were done and then this came in. You're like, oh, and then. Yeah, we were, we're jurors for the Nightmares Film Festival and, and I was in charge of the thrillers, thriller features, which doesn't mean I got to choose them. I just saw them first. And then I would say, this is the ones you guys should look at. I think, you know, make my recommendations. And I had already turned in everything. Like, here's what I think are the best. And here's what I think we should do. And then this showed up in Film Freeway. And I was just that. What I just thought. And I watched it. And I'm halfway through. And I'm texting the group. Uh, Hold the phone, guys. (laughs) This has to get in. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. And it's it's mainly on uh, the the. The guy who's playing the filmmaker is actually the writer, director, filmmaker, um, Adrian Tofi. And his, you, you kind of get a sense from the, the trailer, his performance is giddy and charming in a very super weird way. Yeah, it's his first film. It's also the first found footage horror movie from Romania. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though, as you can tell from the trailer, they speak English, but that is because he is targeting Anne Hathaway That's right. in the movie. And yeah, he did a tremendous amount of method-type acting and, and background for his character. It's, it's really amazing if you read about it, just the, the lengths he went to. 
to make this feel authentic. And it, it certainly takes a dark turn. It because does. You hear that premise. You're like, oh, that's funny. He's trying to impress Anne Hathaway. But then, oh, some of the things he's doing. Um, then it turns into a horror show. Oh, it definitely does. But what I think is, is like, he just constantly talks to Anne. Like, I just keep wondering, what does Anne Hathaway think of this movie? Like, he just talks to Anne the entire movie. The whole time, he's talking to the camera and explaining to Anne, now, I'm going to do this thing, but don't get jealous. Then the way the film, the resolution is really satisfying and, and weirdly realistic. I mean, I just really appreciated Almost everything about this movie. Yeah, and he did almost everything himself. There are no crew members. He did it all, and he, of course, had the three actresses. And he encouraged them to watch The Blair Witch Project to get ready for this shoot. And it really is a self-made film. And, of course, that fit in perfectly with the fact that he had a very small budget <laughs> to, uh, to, get it to, to get it done. But it really is an incredibly impressive premise and then where he goes with yeah, it. Yeah, the execution uh, is great. Yeah, it is. And that is number five. Uh, from 2015, Be My Cat, a film for Anne. And number four on our Mind of a Madman podcast. It's a classic we've talked about a couple of times. The hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnambulist to commit murders. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1920. As we saw the quote there uh, in the from Roger Ebert on the trailer, a lot of people point to this as really the first true Horror movie. Yeah, they do. And you know what I was just thinking in watching that that trailer on the big screen? We should really show that. We should really add that to the line. That would be that great. That would be the coolest thing to, to watch on a big screen. Yeah, it, it's it's so great to look at. As we talked about just the last movie having budgetary constraints, the look of this movie sort of came from necessity of having budgetary constraints. And the, the sets, which look fantastic, they were all made out of paper, and the shadows were painted on the paper, and the effect is incredible. Oh, it really is. It's it's just amazing. And then the cast is great. I mean, for you know, sometimes it's hard to tell in a silent movie. But Conrad Veidt, who also is the man who laughs, mm-hmm. he's a somnambulist here. He's he's amazing. And the reason it made the list, I hope I'm not accused of giving spoilers from a movie that came out just about a hundred years ago. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of the most fascinating things about this movie because it has become so commonplace, but this would, honest to God, be the first time it happens, is that at the end, the, as the movie opens, there's a man sitting on a park bench and a sort of, you know, uh, you know a woozy woman walks past him and he spins this sad tale about his, his love and this somnambulist and this, and this mad Dr. Caligari but at the end of the film, what you realize is that he's just another madman. This is a sanitarium, and the whole thing is just a story that he spun inside his his mad mind. Right, and this was in- incredibly popular when it came out. It played at one Paris theater for seven years and continues for for decades, for eons, to be have such an influence right. on movies that, that, that came after it. And um, the prologue and the epilogue, of the what you just talked about, yeah. were added after, right? Because they thought they needed that for crowd pleasing purposes. Well, and also because, uh, and one of the, I think one of the reasons that the film has such staying power is because it had such a political message when it came out in right. between world wars. A German film that came out in between world wars. The two writers saw the authoritarian terror coming toward them, and this movie was a result of that. But if you just leave the middle section that's got a lot more of a punch than if you say, but this didn't really happen. This guy's just crazy. Right, right, because they were worried about that as painting all authority yeah. as being insane. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but it's, it's, it's an all-around classic and one that we've talked about before for various reasons, and I think that would be awesome if we got that here. Yeah, sometime. it would be. Yeah, it would be yeah. great to show that. Uh, that uh, that's a throwback. 
for sure, <laughs> on the big screen. From 1920, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Moving up to uh, number three on our list of Inside the Mind of a Madman. This is one we did show. Was it last year mm-hmm. uh, for part of Fright Club? It's from 2003. A serial killer uses a horror video rental to lure his next victim. It's the last horror movie. You see that there? We're making a film of this. We're trying to make an intelligent movie about murder while actually doing the murders. You've got to stop it. All this stuff you're doing. Whatever happens, this is going to be your last horror movie. Yeah, this was a fun one to show because uh, I remember at the time we kind of took a poll from the audience. Now, one person here had ever seen it. So that's always cool. And I think everybody liked it. I do, too. Yeah, it's yeah. very likable. Yeah. Um, and it's for, the first thing you should say is it's there's another movie called The Last Horror Film. Yes. Which is not, very not good. this one. No, the it's Last not Horror good. Movie. It's, it's pretty bad, and actually. And it's really but. driven by that lead performance. Kevin um, Howarth. Kevin, he's great. I have to admit that I kind of have a crush on him. What? I know. And I've said before, I think it's because it was like the third or fourth time I watched it when I realized he's like John Taylor from Duran Duran, only like a grown-up. And so... She always finds a way to bring Duran Duran into I the try. conversation somehow. I got Duran Duran and Blackula in the same podcast. Woo! <laughs> Your work here is done. That's right. No, he's he's really great. <laughs> he is. And as a couple and of... it's so British. Make people make such heavy weather. I, yeah. like, I feel like Mary Poppins should, it is. should come out of somewhere. It actually has a lot in common with tonight's movie. It does. Uh, Man Bites Dog that we're showing um, for various reasons. But and actually, in the trailer there, there was a quote mm-hmm. about it being uh, similar to Man Bites Dog. But uh, in, a, in a strange way, you know, considering what this guy is doing, right. it's fun. It is. It's weirdly fun. And, you know, and it made the podcast because he is. He's just sort of, he's just sort of articulating his... His methods, his thought process, you know, what went into it, why he thinks it's an interesting thing to talk about, you know, why why he does what he does as a serial killer. And it all leads up to a really uh, fun and clever end to a film. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely one to seek out. Um, you know, if you can see it on the big screen, if you have something great like Fright Club to show it <laughs> on the big screen, you could do that. But, uh, yeah, if you can seek it out, it, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. It's number three. On our list, the last horror movie, which moves us up to number two, and it's the one we're going to see tonight here in just a few minutes. Uh, a film crew following a ruthless thief and heartless killer as he goes about his daily routine from 1992, Man Bites Dog. <laughs> All right, we found an empty theater, as we like to do, so we can talk about the movie we're going to show tonight without... Spoiling anything, and uh, tonight's movie is Man Bites Dog from 1992, and it's funny, it's a movie that I think in talking to people, a lot of people haven't seen, but yet it seems to be on a lot of people's radar. Mm -hmm. No, I think that it is um, a a fairly famous movie, but because it's very low budget, it's Belgian, it's old now, uh, I think it is one of those movies that have always been on everybody's list, but a lot of people never actually got around to seeing it. Yeah, and it's funny, we were talking in, in Happy Hour. With uh, Alex, who said the look of it reminds him of 
maybe like French New Wave. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I hadn't really thought of that before. But now, uh, not only in the look, but he he was saying in some of the camera movements, some mm -hmm. of the jump cuts. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good observation because it does have that throwback feel. Even though it is 1992, it has a an older throwback feel to it. It does. One of the things, though, and it's funny because that uh, the, it starts off fairly comedic. Yeah, um, it's it's a very it's got a very black sense of humor. Uh, but uh, you know, and it's it's a film about. Very struggling young filmmakers who are trying to get a project accomplished. And it is, in fact, a film by struggling young filmmakers right. who are just trying to get a project accomplished. So, and they use their own names. They do. And, and, and what I think is, is fascinating is the cynicism they have about not even just their own industry, but their personal professional choices. Yeah. And... Media mm -hmm. in general and cinema. I mean, there's that one scene oh, yeah. in the bar I where he just cinema. keeps, oh, yeah, God. he keeps singing that song, Cinema, and I am cinema. Yeah, and they come back to that a lot. Things about uh, media and and cinema, and there is a real cynicism Yo, about it. There Chan really is channeled mostly through Ben, the main character. But yet, as the movie goes along and the film crew becomes more and more Complicit, a willing participant. And then participants, exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't take very long. And the no, very first time it happens, the very first time it happens, Ben asks one of them to drag a corpse off because he doesn't want to touch it. And as he does, really just completely willingly, it's the first time, it's maybe the only time you see the shadow of the cameraman on him as he's, as he's pulling the, the body away. Uh, and then, you know, little by little... They become more, and it's also interesting that early on, the first time Ben wants them all to go out together. Yeah, it's and they're clear, very hesitant. No one is, no one is, yeah, comfortable doing that, but yeah. they do anyway. And then by the end, I mean, they're committing felonies together oh. left and right. And and there is a there's a particular break in rape scene that I think for me is the turning point of the movie. It, it, everything becomes awful. Yeah, a little more ugly. Yes. Yeah, le leads the uh, the comedic edge to it is is leaves it farther and farther behind right, right, because right. you're right when it starts out it is it's it's much more over the top uh and comedic and it turns as it goes along it does it turns into a, a meaner streak and you're probably right that scene maybe uh might might be the turning point but as it gets gets farther along and then you do have to pay attention a little bit in in the resolution yes. uh, as to what happens and it, you might be left wondering why that happened and 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 who did that and who's you know uh, who's to blame mm -hmm. i guess um it's all there for you it is if you there's a lot there's a lot of killing uh, a lot of victims and then you you have to pay attention to maybe you know one particular victim that uh that has some connections let's put it that way that had some connections that come back to haunt him a little bit so i don't i don't want to say it's it's gone as far as being a cult movie but maybe a small cult movie. I think so. Movie. No, I do. I think that think? that's fair. I do. Well, it's uh, it's good then that we have it tonight. That's right. Because we've got some people. I don't think, uh, certainly I don't think everybody uh, in the audience tonight has seen it. No. So uh, we're excited to show it. So let's get back in there and do that. <laughs> the French are so funny. <laughs> They're Belgian, these guys. It's uh, Well, it's not one that we're going to talk about a lot right here because we don't want to spoil anything. We never do. But um, it's got... A lot of violence, but it's got a lot of black comedy, and it's got a lot of social commentary to it. Yes, a ton. And I think what this film has in common with a lot of the movies on this on this list is that 
the reason that it works as well as it does is because of the weird charisma of the murderer. The, the one that you're like listening to and following along and, and you don't want to get to know them. And yet now you have this distant way of doing it. And it's just an incredibly compelling performance. Yeah. And that and that's part of the the narrative, because it helps to explain why the film crew gets sucked in yeah. the way they the yeah. way they do. Yeah. And uh, we'll see that as we get the film rolling here in just a few minutes. So number two from 1992, Man Bites Dog. And that brings us up to number one on our list. But you know what? Before we get to that, we should mention one that didn't make the list. It's a brand new movie. Uh, it's the latest from Lars von Trier, The House That Jack Built, uh, getting a lot of uh, talk right now. He's always controversial, but it is very definitely from the mind of a madman. It is. And when when we went to the screening of the director's cut, uh, I think we both absolutely anticipated that it would be on this list. I mean, it didn't. I was excited at the opportunity to get to talk about it. And the truth is... I found it disappointing. I did too. Uh, not that I, I didn't like it. I would still say it, it's worthwhile, especially if you're a fan of Von Trier and especially if you know what you're in for with his types of movies. He's always worth um, seeing what he's doing. But yeah, I found it uh, disappointing. And for straight-up horror fans, I think you made this point on our other podcast, The Screening Room, where we talked about it a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when we first saw it, that it's it's strangely lighthearted, yeah. even though it's extremely violent. And straight-up horror fans will probably be disappointed in it. Yeah, because if you, you can compare it to Man Bites Dog and to the last horror movie. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that, you know, it, it doesn't really break any new ground if you've seen those movies. Not in terms of violence, not in terms of the insight... And given that, it just becomes a bit tedious. Although I, I'd like to say that there are certain sequences yes. that are that are quite stunning. And then there's one, the picnic sequence, which if that were just a short film on its own, it would be just about flawless. Yeah, agreed. But uh, so it's not it's not that we didn't like it, not that we hated it, but we didn't like it enough to make it on this list. Although, as you said, I I, I think we thought it would be. We yeah we did uh, think but it would didn't be. didn't didn't quite make it didn't quite make it this time. And now that does bring us up to number one in our Inside the Mind of a Madman countdown. A wealthy New York City investment banking executive who has a lunch with Cliff Huxtable in 20 minutes. <laughs> Patrick Bateman hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his coworkers and friends from 2000 American Psycho. I know my uh, behavior can be erratic sometimes. The stupid bitch He's so fucking zany about I'm just a happy camper, rocking and rolling. You're human. No, I'm in touch with humanity. Hey, Paul! (laughs) (laughs) Just have to kill a lot of people! This movie reminds me of two things. Number one, we have some business cards down here. (laughs) And uh, and number two, you got to see... Vice, Vice when it comes out. Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. We got to see this the other night. Just insane. Well, you know, when he's running when he's running after that woman and he's naked except for he's got the chainsaw in front of him and I just think that that's a very different Christian Bale than the Dick Cheney <laughs> Christian Bale that I just saw. <laughs> uh, we've talked about this movie on a number of occasions. It, it, it's so great for for so many so many reasons. Uh, number one, I think it's just freaking hilarious. It's a comedy. I mean, it's the blackest it's the cold blackest comedy. But even as the years go on and go by and you realize the, you know, the time capsule sort of statement about an era that this movie was making, it's, it's just freaking hilarious. And 
that cast is insane. Oh my god, that's the most remarkable cast. I'd like to go back and just just kind of count up the number of Oscars and Oscar nominations yeah. that that cast has gone on to. Yeah, um, it's a crazy idea, and it, it is. It's just the the slickest, uh, best representation of the '80s that you're ever going to find. And it's just become, in in several ways, part of popular culture. Yeah. You know, the Huey Lewis thing. <laughs> you know, the uh, which I think was the single biggest part of. The bu- the budget was purchasing the rights to all those songs. Oh, I imagine. Uh, and it well, it, it's paid off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that helped staying power, not only for the movie but for Huey Lewis. Um, you know, and the business card scene, and so so much about it. it of course, it launched Christian Bale uh, pretty much into the uh, to the mainstream. It, it's such a dark comedic story, and much of it, much of the script is taken really word for word right from the book. Yeah, but I, so Mary Herring uh, adapted the novel and directed, and I feel like um, her take on it is is much uh, less ugly, and it's uh, it's it, like wiser. It's a lot more um, entrenched in in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot less demeaning to women. Mm. Yeah, well, that's always gonna you're gonna get that different perspective from a female director for sure. I mean, they, he kills just as many women. It's right. just that it's done. Um, I don't know. You're you're more invested in the humans in this film than you are in the book. Yeah, well, it's still one. As you just said, we get we get to see it on the big screen here in about that's a year. Right. Merry so, Christmas to you. Thank next you very year. much. Yeah, it's always going to be a treat, <laughs> um, and it's always a, a, a. Can that count for this year too? Because <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm only joking. No, it's going to be good. <laughs> It's going to be good, but uh, yeah, it's definitely number one in our list of uh, Inside the Mind of a Madman, our Fright Club countdown for December from 2000, American Psycho. So we got to get out of here uh, in just a few minutes and play Man Bites Dog, but as always, if you want to comment on these movies or anything that we've talked about, you can do that. You can find us easily on Twitter. We're at Fright Club Pod, and by the way, if you're digging the podcast, we'd love to have you leave a review. Do that. Leave a review, and the other thing that you can do is, if you're interested... While you're over there uh, on Apple iTunes and the whatnots, we have another uh, podcast, right? We do. Screening Room. So if you're interested in in our reviews of everything that's new in theaters and everything that's new on home video, check that one out as well. Yeah, exactly. And you can uh, find that uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and also on our main website, which is madwolf.com. So this podcast will probably be live here in just a few days. You can check it out. I uh, hope you will. And give us feedback, as always. We're going to watch uh, Man Bites Dog in just a few minutes. And we'll be back. The next Fright Club podcast is going to be our top 10 horror movies of 2018. That's right. And believe me, this was a tough fight for number one. Yes. Man. In fact, it was almost literally a fight because I mentioned to a small group of people that we were going back and forth on number one and number two. They guessed what those were, and then they kind of launched like a... Street fight, <laughs> lobbying one way or the other. And, yeah. Um, so that podcast should be live on, I think, on New Year's Eve. Yes. Uh, that one should go live. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, and we're looking forward to this movie tonight, so we'll get to it. Thank you so much for being a Fright Clubber. Until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay right, my friends.